Hello everyone, my name is Charles, the lead pastor here. Welcome to Zoom Sunday service here at the river. We're so glad you could join us. Today, we're taking a break from our usual sermon series to talk about India and our friends at ASHA who serve the slum residents in New Delhi. Because India is having a massive crisis with COVID right now. Many of you have seen the news, yeah? Until recently, India has actually weathered the COVID crisis very well. Even the slums of India, which is crowded and unsanitary, fortunately, they have been spared major waves of infection until recently. Maybe because the Indian people had some prior immunity from similar virus infections in the past. Nobody knows for sure. But all of a sudden, a variant emerged called the Delta variant. And this is like a monster COVID on steroids. It can spread more than twice as fast as the original and it can make people sicker. So COVID cases in India rose to several hundred thousand per day by official count. But in reality, it was probably 10 times that, if not more. Many, many people died. Hundreds of thousands of people have died in just a couple months, maybe more. So today, I would like to make a special appeal to fundraise for our friends at ASHA, whose founders, Freddie and Dr. Kieran Martin, are dear friends of our church. Many of our members have visited ASHA, which served over 700,000 slum residents. Let me show you now a short intro video to ASHA, and I will be back. For a little girl like Bindia, trying to collect scrap from garbage heaps, love, care, nurturing, these are all impossible. There's really no hope. My name is Bhavna. Bhavana is 7 years old. She has a secure home. She has a place to study. She has parents who want to make sure that she reaches her fullest potential. A girl like Bhavana will work hard and one day her dreams might come true. Slums form about one third of the city's population. There's a lot of uh, exploitation, there's a lot of oppression, there's a lot of corruption. People have no hope. 
they will say that God has forgotten us because if He did remember us, then we wouldn't be living like animals. In 1988, there was a cholera epidemic in the city. Hundreds and hundreds of children began to die. Doctor Kiran, here, as he started, he loved the children. This is where I started Asha, under this very tree. And I used to sit here and I used to see hundreds of patients just out in the open. In those days, there was slush and mud everywhere, flies, mosquitoes, pigs. So, the disease was so big, the disease was so big. जिस बच्चे को दवाई देती थी वो बच्चा ठीक हो जाता था हमारा प्यार पहले हम उन पर विश्वास नहीं करते थे लेकिन लोगों ने जब देखा कि ये बहुत ज्यादा हमारे को सहायता करना चाहती हैं तो फिर धीरे-धीरे विश्वास आया This kind of radical change requires sustained effort unless i was willing to stick it through there would be no real hope for the people To me the word hope is a very real word it's a word that has come alive in Asha been a situation when slum children are going to university i've grown up in the slum i'm doing uh, electronics and communication engineering hope is something you dream about hope was aasha for me mahila hamare yahan par jab dr kirne shuruaat kari to suraj mahila ek sanstha banayi suraj mahila sanstha ke through the work of empowerment means to mobilize them to help them to understand their rights but also their responsibilities once they realize what their collective action is able to do then they really get excited thousands of women have been empowered they have been able to transform entire communities abhi bhavishyam itna badhiya hone ja raha hai isliye mahilaon ko zyada mahatva diya gaya hai नर्क से स्वर्ग में आ गए हैं और हमारा जीवन एक मिडिल मिडिल क्लास लोगों का जैसे जीवन हो गया अब हम झुग्गी वाले लोग नहीं रहे यस आई नो दैट वी हैव अ लॉन्ग लॉन्ग वे टू गो देर लॉट मोर टू बी डन बट होप एंड द डिजायर इज दैट मेनी मिलियंस ऑफ अर्बन पुअर इन इंडिया एंड अराउंड वर्ल्ड रिसीव होप they don't have to live in abject poverty and there are wonderful ways in which they can actually come out of it isn't asha doing great work They have changed so many lives. For example, they have sent thousands of slum kids to top universities of India, changing their lives and their families' lives forever. But their primary function is to provide health clinics. So you can imagine how strained they must be during this crisis. Now I know India is far away and there is a saying out of sight out of mind it's easy to ignore what's happening on the other side of the globe but distance should not 
be a cause for indifference for Christians. Because we believe in unconditional love, distance as a condition should not apply to us. Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 25, He said, When Christ comes back in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I will tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. What a bracing passage, isn't it? This passage actually came up in my Wednesday weekly group when the topic was about who gets saved and who goes to hell. By the way, this is one of the best groups I've ever led. Any and all difficult questions get asked there. Fun, doesn't it sound? like fun. So if you are interested, if you ever have difficult questions about faith, join us. Email us your interest or just look at our weekly emails. The link is there. Anyway, reading this passage makes you think, is it then all about how we treat the poor and the marginalized? Is that all that matters when it comes to salvation? My answer is yes and no. First, no. Because that's not what the historic Christian faith teaches. Salvation depends on faith in Christ and the cross, not what we do, right? In fact, the Bible says straight out in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible says, If I give all I possess 
to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have unconditional love, I gain nothing. So clearly, it's not all about the poor. But then, how do we make sense of this passage we just read in Matthew? These are conflicting passages. So let's take a more close look at the Matthew passage more carefully. The crux of the passage is when Jesus says, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So the crucial takeaway from the passage is that we will get condemned by God if we do not see the least of humanity, the despised, the homeless, the imprisoned, that the society deems worthless if we do not see them as having worth equivalent to Jesus himself, then we will get condemned. This is where this passage actually connects with the message of the cross which says every human being, regardless of who they are, even if they are the least, the most despised, the last person you would respect. Doesn't matter what they have achieved, what they have done, who they are. Every human being is worth the life of God incarnate. This faith and conviction is what makes us Christian. This is saving faith. So how we see the least of humanity shows whether we actually have faith in the message of the cross or not. If we don't see the least of these as if they were worth the life of God incarnate, that shows we don't have faith in the cross. It's a lightning sto uh, stone. It's the touchstone that reveals what's really in our heart. So today, I would like us to consider the slum residents of India, the least of these. They too are worth the life of Jesus. So they too deserve our attention, especially because Asha has made a direct appeal to our church. Here's a video from Dr. Kiran, the founder of Asha. Take a look. Hello Charles and the wonderful members of River Church. This video is to express my heartfelt thanks to you for standing with us during our hour of greatest need at a time when the Asha slum residents are suffering so much. The situation in Delhi has been absolutely horrendous since April. There were over 25,000 cases every 24 hours and there was no bed or oxygen available in any hospital. Patients were gasping and dying outside hospital gates. There was complete mayhem inside the wards where patients were admitted. Everyone was running scared and there was a huge shortage of health professionals. Patients were dying due to poor quality of care in addition to coming very late. Imagine admitted patients seeing dead bodies lying next to them for hours because there was no one to come and pick them up. 
panic and fear and complete absence of emotional support also contributed to patients not being able to make it. And the poor are the last priority for the city at a time like this. But what is God's heart and what are his commandments? I believe that he wants us to defend them, to protect them and rescue them. By standing with them, we show respect for God. He reminded me that my true fast is to loose the chains of injustice, that my righteousness is demonstrated in how I treat them. Holding on to God's word and his promises, the ASHA team of doctors, nurses and ASHA Corona warriors immediately swung into action. We began providing hundreds of COVID patients with care in the comfort of their homes. Whatever the level of severity, we began treating them all. Critically ill patients with SpO2s in the range of 55 to 89 have been treated by us and have recovered. New patients keep coming every day. We have made arrangements for drugs, intravenous injections, oxygen concentrators, nebulizers and everything else that's needed. Many asked and are still asking, are you not afraid? You are stepping into a dangerous environment, literally going into the tiny homes of so many COVID patients in the slums every day. But God spoke differently. He gave me these verses found in Psalm 91. Surely he will save you from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And so the Lord has given us a spirit of boldness as we go about our work, trying to save lives. Praise be to God because of the extremely meticulous care given by us with compassion and courage. All patients excepting for one have recovered and are continuing to recover. Rigorous follow-up many times a day has also been essential in order to bring patients out of danger. With much enthusiasm, the warriors go from home to home and lane to lane every day, distributing masks, giving out key messages, checking temperatures and all other vitals and reporting suspected patients to the clinic. However, it's heartbreaking to see that most residents have fallen upon terribly hard times during this lockdown. They have no food and many will go into starvation if we do not give them grocery bags. We have already begun the process, but 700,000 is a huge population to cover. It is our prayer that no one under our care will be left in hunger and destitution. And we do not lose heart as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. It is such a wonderful privilege to me that God has enlisted us together as co-workers and partners in his great work. One plants, another waters, and God gives the increase. 
as this crisis continues and we need drugs and therapeutics as well as food, I thank you from my heart for considering the poor. You have given so freely and I believe you are called blessed in the land. Please keep us in your prayers and share with your brothers and sisters in Christ everywhere the news of this distressing set of circumstances in the slums and the hope, the asha we bring to the poor in the name of Jesus. May the Lord unite us again soon. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you, Dr. Kieran, for all the work you do. To be sure, there are many needs around the world, many worthy causes, but we know Asha, and they are very good at changing lives, none better than I know of. And as you have seen in this video that Dr. Kieran made, the needs are just traumatic in India right now with Asha, the needs are tremendous. So let's make today Asha Day at the river. Let's try to support the least of India today, ignoring the distance. I can assure you that any donation you make to Asha today will change and save many, many lives. So here's the link to the instructions on how to make donations designated for Asha. If you go to that link, there are detailed instructions on how to make donations. Or you can simply give to the river as usual, just email admin at rivernyc.org that you wish to designate your giving to Asha uh, that week. Now, I would love to discuss all this with you, so please stick around for our Zoom Sunday discussions at 11.45. Today, this Sunday, Freddie Martin, husband of Dr. Kieran and the co-founder of ASHA will be with us to interact with us and answer any questions uh, together over Zoom. It's a privilege to have him. He often joins us at Zoom, uh, but today he will be taking questions interacting with you. So. Please join us on our Zoom Sunday services at 11 or in our weekly Zoom groups. God bless everyone. Bye.